Today's episode of the podcast Inside HLR will be with social studies teacher J.R. Wydra, and we'll have a teacher's perspective of how the year is going. Okay, welcome to our second podcast of Inside Richards. My name is Meg Dunbeck. I'm the assistant principal of curriculum instruction here at Richards High School. And today I thought that we would uh, give a perspective of a teacher here at Richards. Uh, The podcast really is about discovering and, and putting out some information to people outside of the building about all the things that happen inside the building. So a teacher's perspective is obviously the biggest perspective other than the student. So I'd like to welcome uh, a social studies teacher, J.R. Wydra, to our podcast. Hi, J.R. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. All right, let's just get right to it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, why you teach, and how long you've been here at Richards? Yeah, uh, this is my 10th year at Richards already. Uh, Flies by. Um, I've been teaching... Well, I guess I student taught in 2005, so it's, I guess, about 15 years if you include that. Um, And then uh, why I wanted to be a teacher? Well, um, as cliche as it sounds, I've always wanted to do something that can give back to the community and make an impact on other people's lives. Um, Before I was a teacher, I was uh, pretty much a full-time musician, which was a lot of fun, but it felt like a very... um, self-gratifying career to play music sure. for people. So I like the idea of uh, helping others and I've always enjoyed being in school. And School was such a pleasant experience for me. I wanted to make it good experiences for other people. Yeah, too. well, you're, you're pretty darn good at it. So uh, we're lucky to have you. Can you describe for those listening what it's like for a history teacher these days, teaching high school and your particular course about American history. I mean, it, it's gotta be exciting, but also a big challenge. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess this is the most engaging time for uh, students to take a social studies class. I mean, I teach government too, and I mean, the government is more involved in these students' lives than any point in my career. I mean, the government has uh, shut down their schools. They've required them to wear masks out, to social distance, limit gatherings, even with families. So um, I think the students see the relevancy in it more than ever. And uh, as far as history goes, um, you know, the fact that something like this happened after World War I over 100 years ago with the Spanish flu, there's been some interest for students that wanted to learn about that. And there were even people back then who were against masks, believe it or not, and you know, so it's it's definitely sparks of interest with the students. But um, but it's also you know, even though it happened a hundred years ago, this is way different, and we're in a different time. And um, yeah, and they're you know. experiencing it as opposed to reading about it. Absolutely, yeah. All right, you've taught in person at traditional teaching for like you said ten years now. What was it like last March? when you were told, like the rest of us, that we were going home that day and we were gonna quarantine, leave the building, we kind of, end of the day, pack up your stuff, we weren't sure when we were able to come back. Can you explain what you recall about that time? How, how was it teaching then from March until May? That Friday the 13th of March was so bizarre. That whole week actually, it just, I started off the week like any other week and then 
I'll remember on Monday, um, we had some concert tickets. We were going to go to some concerts in the next couple months. And all of a sudden they said, we're postponing it. And that was a big red flag. Like, what's going on here? And then each day, Harvard's not having classes. Now, Illinois schools are not having classes. Then all of a sudden by Friday, District 218 isn't either. And um, it was just, uh, I just kind of like, like had to pack a bag real quick, grab what I thought I would need. I thought it would be for a couple of weeks or a month. And um, same, same here. It was kind of like I felt like there was an urgency, and I felt it with my colleagues too. Like there was an urgency to like everyone get out of the building quick. Like you know, even it, with the students, gather up what you can from your locker and yeah, get out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so you teach an AP course, AP government. Can you tell us a little bit about that course, how that course is different from maybe your other government class? Yeah, uh, the, the AP government is actually called AP government and politics. So um, you're, you're getting into the more political aspect of how the government actually operates. So in regular government, you learn about the legislative, executive, judicial branch, who, what, where. Uh, AP gets into the more of the why, who, what, where, when, and why. Um, you know, so we, we get a lot more into the media and interest groups and uh, things like that, too, with AP government. Now, I know that when I was in school, which was a little while ago, AP was kind of only for a certain kind of kid. And I know that at Richards, they've tried to kind of make that different. So could you explain, like, can any kid take this class? Absolutely. Yeah, any kid can, as long as they're willing to put in the work and try their best. I mean... I, I love working with students who try their best and, you know, anyone who's struggling, um, you know, it inspires me to help them. And um, it's really for anybody who's willing to, you know, challenge themselves. Yeah. And I, I especially think AP government's such a relevant course. I mean, the students are going to walk across the stage in May, hopefully, and, um, uh, you know, they're young adults and uh, they're going to be out there voting. They're going to be out there looking for careers, going to college whatnot so I, I just think the government course um it's good to train them to be a civic-minded citizen yeah and it's a semester course right it's not a full year course like some of the other ap right. classes one semester yeah. one semester okay mm -hmm. um so if you're listening you're a student or a parent let, let that be known that you can take that ap class if you'd like to so what are some of your current practices now i mean we have now come back we've talked a little bit about how eerie it was in March when we had to leave, but we didn't really talk about what it was like teaching then. So maybe what was it like teaching then? And then we can go into a little bit about what it's like teaching now. So then in March through May, what was it like? Because I know from, you know, the governor put out, you know, that it was an act of God day and that the, the grades couldn't be harmed from the time that they left till the end of the school year. So from a student perspective, that was, you know, well, does that mean the school year's over? Does, does it mean that what, I, what I've already earned from August to March is enough? That kind of thing. So I think from a teacher's perspective, what were you battling with or ch having to challenge with from March until May? Well, I mean, everything was brand new, but uh, I will say our district's been really good with technology the last few years. And um, I felt prepared from the technology aspect. And I know not every teacher... Um, felt the same, especially in other school districts throughout the state. Um, but I thought I was pretty prepared for that aspect. But as far as like the structure and the type of work to assign and 
you know, we had to change our assessments on the fly because uh, we couldn't really give a multiple choice test. Um, put that out there on the internet. Um, so that, that was challenging. And then also I was ready to start meeting with my students regularly. And um, right away I, I, you know, kind of stopped doing that because students weren't showing up because it was optional. And, you know, that was kind of um, difficult, you know. So it was kind of just me posting assignments every day and grading them as the kids do them. And, you know. So how has that changed now? Well, now there's certainly a lot more structure um they don't have a grade to go off of now so you know they gotta just they gotta tune in every day and uh you know um i i have to have stuff ready every day you know i can't just post some a couple times a week i mean every day there's uh you know you gotta post your five lessons and um you know using zoom regularly seeing the students uh seeing their faces at least hearing them um so it's definitely a lot more structure now, and I think there's a lot more learning taking place too. That's good, and it's it's the in last year at least you knew the students from August until March. Now this is a, another challenge that these are all new students. Even if you maybe knew them in the building or knew them in another way, like just from coming to school here, now you have new classes that you kind of have to get to know. And so, how, how has that been a challenge? Yeah, that that part of remote learning last spring was pretty helpful because I did know the kids so well especially teaching U.S. history it's a year-long course so a lot of them I knew since August but yeah that is true this this time around um there's a lot of kids I don't I just simply don't know so I don't know what their skill set is I don't know um you know what their strengths and all that are Mm -hmm. so it is a little bit challenging I've really tried to go out of my way to get to know them I've done multiple digital icebreakers and I make sure I read everyone and comment and uh, just to try to get to know the Yeah, students. anything you can do to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll also ha- evolve over time. Yeah. Right? They probably understand that. And uh, teenagers, it's difficult for sometimes them to get to, to talk to each other, I should say, feel comfortable talking to each other, even when you're in person. So I'm sure like in class to have dialogue and kind of discuss things in the government class is really important. You want their opinion, you want their knowledge base, all of that kind of thing. So I'm sure that also will be a challenge for you um, to figure out how to create assignments and create strategies that get the kids to kind of speak to one another. But yeah, I mean, I know that like you mentioned before that you are pretty savvy with technology. And so I'm sure that you're already kind of working on some things. I've been putting them in breakout rooms in Zoom, which is, you know, groups. And uh, I've checked in on some of the breakout rooms. And some groups are talking, but some groups, you know, it's just crickets, you know. Yeah, like they're it's just still shy. early. It's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's still early. They'll, they're they're they shy, know, if they you know, know it's an expectation, they'll, they'll figure it out. Sure. How about the social studies department? I mean, how is the department working? Because the district, like you said, has kind of been up to date with technology. And I feel like one of the things that was important on the planning side of things from an administrative end of it was we want to make sure the teachers have time to plan for themselves, to plan with one another, and to be ready and prepared to teach in this new way. Yeah, the the amount of time we have to plan is... uh we couldn't be any more grateful for it. I mean, I know I use every single minute of it. My colleagues do uh, between meeting together on Zoom and all the sharing back and forth through chalk and our emails. I mean, um, our department in particular has done a great job with uh, sharing and 
you know, we've been able to lean on each other a mm-hmm. lot. Um, you know, especially, you know, I teach three preps, so, uh, you know, I'm the only person who teaches, teaches AP government in the building, so I spend a lot of my time on that, so it's, it's excellent uh, when the other, when the government teachers and history teachers have things they can share, too. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'd, I'd, I'd say that in the past, it was always kind of, make sure you kind of use your computer to digitally collaborate with people outside of the building. Like you said, our district encompasses Richard Shepherds and Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. And, and Delta, but you could now, just like in the past you could, and sometimes it would happen, some teachers were better at it than others, but now it's almost forced our teachers to say, absolutely, we're meeting and we're talking and we're discussing building by building, not just inside the building, because of the way now we are getting used to kind of having conversation through the computer. And even like with things like with internal subbing, I mean, you know, could have a teacher from Eisenhower take one of my classes. Yeah, if you had to, if right? Had to, if you, know? you had to. Whereas that's a good point. In person, you know, who's familiar who, with who, the curriculum and right, all that? Who, who can do it? You know, so I might be able to get you know AP government teacher from one of the other buildings to take yeah, over. You know? Right. So. so interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. what would you say is the overall vibe here in the building? I mean, we're both here right now. The students are not here, um, and I know it can be kind of draining to be here without the energy of the student so how do you stay up how do you get energized how do you keep your perspective well I think when this year started it was very exciting I remember pulling up and hearing the music in the parking lot and it was so great to see our you know colleagues even though we all had masks on and uh it was it was it was nice you know and even doing the zoom meetings the students even seemed energized even though it was different um, but I will say, I, I, I noticed this at the end of last week. I just was kind of leaving one day, like Thursday or Friday, and I, I kind of got this sadness come over me because I'm like, this is just not right. You know, like, uh, I know we're doing our best. The kids are trying their best. The, the staff's doing a great job. But it's just, you know, school should be, you should hear more noise. Mm-hmm. You, you should, you know, so it was kind of sad, you know. And then, you, you know, you sit in your classroom all day and you, you might see people in the hallway or in the parking lot, but it's just different. It's yeah. weird. You know? And it's hard to stay up. I said, I think that teachers, when they have like 20 minutes or walking outside or they're walking a little bit inside the building, if it's raining out, just to kind of get up and move and, and see other people as opposed to just sitting on the computer the whole time. So we, we always, I think, keep that in perspective too, because that's what the student's doing on their end of it. Yeah. But for now, this is what we're tasked with doing. So sure. there, there's no other way to kind of get it done. So make sure you take care of yourself, JR. Get your sleep, get your good eating, all those things. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. And definitely the beautiful weather helps. You know, I get home and I try to take a quick bike ride or, you know, just... Sometimes I just, before I leave in the morning, I'll sit out in my driveway and sip my coffee and just yeah, take, just take in the in. beautiful morning, you know. And, Seriously, that is know. a self-care thing. That's, right. a, that's I believe in that stuff. I think it's important. Yeah. Speaking of sleep, I just mentioned sleep. Can we share with our listeners um, something that you have to share that would impact your sleep these days? Yes. Uh, my uh, wife and I welcomed our twin sons this summer. So, uh, so exciting. Yeah, July 5th, uh, Bruce and Brandon. And um, yeah, sleep has been uh, a nice commodity to have lately. <laughs> you don't realize that until till all of a sudden a little kid comes in your life. You know, 
I've never been one to sleep a lot. I rarely sleep more than six or seven hours. But the, the thing now is, you know, when they wake up every two hours to eat, it's, they haven't had broken up sleep. It's just a whole different type of tired that I was not ready for, you know. So, but we're, we're making it work. Well, congratulations. You know. That's you. exciting. Welcome to Parenthood. All right. This last part I'm going to ask you to answer is something we call Bulldogs Want to Know. Okay. So it's almost like I'm going to fire some questions at you and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So we will begin. What is your favorite band? Pearl Jam. I'm a 90s kid, so I love all 90s rock music. All right. Favorite songwriter? Uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, Rolling Stones. Favorite thing to do when you're not teaching? Uh... Running, reading, uh, playing the guitar. What'd you have for breakfast today? Didn't have breakfast, just coffee. Okay. And what would your friends, or what word would they use to describe you? Just a one word, how would someone else describe J.R. Wydra? Uh, oh boy. Generous. I like it. Mr. Wydra, you've been super informative. I've enjoyed talking to you. Hopefully you gave a little perspective on the teacher side of things. We'll be interviewing other teachers, but we just wanted to say thank you. We're going into Labor Day weekend. Have a great weekend. Yes, you too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.